What's up, everybody, and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple, marketing podcast for B2B marketers. With me today, I have the director of marketing at Freight Friend, uh, Phoebe Noche. Uh, Phoebe, it's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. I think that's a super cool last name. You said, what was it Italian for again? Walnut. That, that's super cool. Um, well, welcome to the show. First question I'd like to ask is, are you a Pepsi or a Coke person? I'm not a big soda person in general, but if I had to pick, I would probably pick Pepsi, which is probably what 99% of people wouldn't pick. <laughs> you know, I've gotten quite the mixed feedback on it. And a lot of people are just like, you know, I don't really drink much soda. Um, I'm in that camp as well. I think I've drank maybe one soda in the past month, if that. Um, so definitely with you there. But um, yeah, so you're, you're director of marketing at Freight Friend. Um, what kind of got you into marketing? Is that something you've always wanted to do? Or did you come from a different uh, part of a company and decide to do marketing? Walk us through that for a minute or two. Sure. So I originally, um, my undergrad degree was in journalism uh, from the from the University of Missouri, and uh, I was actually a food editor for almost four years um, for Cooking Light Magazine, RIP. Um, but uh, I ended up doing marketing um, after I came out of my MBA um, at Northwestern. Um, I knew I wanted to do something that was adjacent to journalism because I love that sort of storytelling aspect. Um, and I ended up at, at doing marketing for a startup uh, here in Chicago and then some marketing consulting, um, worked with an agency. And then now I'm uh, at Freight Friend, which is another startup, um, an even earlier stage startup uh, running, running a sort of a one man, more or less show. Very cool. Um, one of my favorite things to talk about is content marketing. And we're gonna jump into that today. Um, I think to get a good foundation of, of where we're going to be going, uh, let's let's hop right in and have you define content marketing for us. I'm sure we could have a hundred different marketers on the show and get a hundred different answers, but how do you define content marketing for what you guys do? Sure. So, I mean, content marketing, there's so many things that fall under that, right? There's blog posts, there's webinars, you know, eBooks, um, this very podcast, you know, video, mm -hmm. that type of thing. And there's just a, there's a ton of avenues for distribution. So everything from, you know, your own channels, um, your website, social media to, you know, third party earned, earned media. So um, the real goal, I suppose, of content marketing is to, is to become an authority in um, the topics that your customer cares about and that your mm -hmm. product aligns with or service. Um, so, so that, uh, that, that you will be top of mind, um, when your customer is looking for something that, 
like your service or product. And so you want to be synonymous, you know, with your area of expertise um, when your buyer is ready to, to start making that decision-making process. So, but the, the, the key to all of this is that content marketing is educational. It's not promotional. And that's something that um, I've had to convince some people of, whether it's the powers that be at your own company internally, or um, when I was working uh, with clients and client facing, um, uh, convincing them of that too. Mm -hmm. uh, you bring up a good point. Content marketing is not advertising in an awareness channel. For example, content marketing is not going to LinkedIn and promoting your business and, or your company or whatever it is. And just because you're on LinkedIn, it's now content, right? No, not by any means. Um, it's educational. You have to provide uh, value to your audience because you're going to turn them off extremely quick. If you're just posting the link to your, your website and saying, Hey, this is how we can help. That's not content marketing at all. And I do see people still do that. It's crazy. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think some people do think of um, like paid channels or, uh, you know, sponsored content as content marketing. And I think there could be an argument made for that. Um, but ultimately you're just turning off your buyers. So mm -hmm. if you want to call it content marketing, perhaps it's not great content marketing, <laughs> uh, but you're, you're spot on there. Um, you also brought up about being top of mind. Uh, it's, it's such a long-term play. And you have to have the patience for when your buyer is ready, they're going to reach out. But one thing I wanted to add to that is if you do content marketing right and you do it well, where you provide so much value that you're top of mind for when your buyer or your, your prospect is ready to reach out, that you're the only company they think of. They don't even go shopping around. So there's like two levels that you can get to. The first one is, okay, you're going to be in the running because they're gonna, you're going to be part of the bidding process or they're going to be searching through softwares and you're going to be there because they remember you. And then there's stage two where you've done such a good job building relationships, digging in and providing uh, value to your buyers that they don't even consider anybody else. Have you noticed that too? Oh, that's definitely the ultimate goal is to, yeah. to be in that number two camp. Um, I mean, ideally you would still be able to be, you know, within the running, if, if, if that's the case, at least, you know, in the top three. Um, but I think it just, it, it sometimes depends on the industry and your product market fit. So I think it depends on a lot mm -hmm. of things there. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what has been your content strategy at Freight Friend? Can you dissect that for us and tell us, this is what we're doing now, this is what has worked um, and kind of share your journey in that area? Sure. So um, maybe a little bit of context into what Freightfront is. So we're mm -hmm. a SaaS product for the logistics industry. Um, at a really high level, we have a CRM and we also have kind of a two-sided marketplace um, that matches freight with capacity um, with, with extremely, uh, I, I hate this, this phrase, but next generation um, um, algorithms. So uh, we're an early stage startup. Um, so a lot of what we have done, what we do is dictated by uh, our resources um, and also my personal bandwidth since I am more or less a one man show. Um, and so what we've done is really looked at who are our key stakeholders um, 
and that's freight brokers and also shippers and also um, carriers, so like trucking companies. Um, we've decided, made us an actual strategic decision not to focus as much on carriers since we're, we you know need the revenue and they're not the ones paying us, right? So um, our goal is to be top of mind as we've been speaking about um, when someone's looking for procurement software. And so, um, and, and also to increase the visibility of our founder and CEO who has uh, spent almost 40 years in this industry. And as some people have called in the past, a true OG <laughs> in the industry. Um, but uh, so our original focus was uh, to focus more on bottom of funnel content because that was where we needed the help the most and to set our sales team up for success. Um, so bottom of funnel content for us, um, really because our sales team is the one that closed the deals, it was, it was truly um, more like sales deliver deliverable type of content. Um, our current focus is more top of funnel, ungated content that really helps drive brand awareness to our product. Um, and because we are a new technology product, we are educating buyers in the industry who may not have even considered our product in the past um, and are looking, they, they know that they have a problem, but they don't realize that there are solutions that, um, that fill that need. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we are working with the mix of channels. We're doing some owned, some earned. Um, so like with owned, it's, it's LinkedIn and our own blog. Um, with, with our, and I'm sure you can imagine what some of those things are, but podcasts are also quite hot in the industry. Um, and then we also have been leveraging a lot of partnerships. So we have some technology partners that are integrated with our product. And so we've been working with them and also working with uh, some influencers, I suppose you could call them that, but, but people with big names um, in our mm -hmm. industry uh, to collaborate on content. So um, that's, that's more or less our focus right now. Um, I would love to touch on the influencer marketing. I, you don't hear about that a lot in B2B, but um, I've heard a couple of people say, Hey, this could be the direction that companies need to start going or that they, that's where it will go because a lot of times B2B will replicate B2C just a few years down the road. So what has been your experience with that? So when you say you collaborate with experts in the field um, and kind of do uh, like an, yeah, when you, <laughs> when you collaborate with them, what does that look like? Is that a podcast? Is it a blog post that you write with them and then you, you put it out? Is it LinkedIn videos? Uh, walk us through that. Um, so it is, a lot of what you said. So we do have, we have done podcasts. We've also done some webinars and mm -hmm. we do, do a lot of written content. Um, in terms of video, our capabilities are a little bit more limited. So that's why we don't focus as much on that. Um, but it's, so thanks to our founder, we do have a lot of connections and also um, some of the folks who, who are with our company came from the industry side and not the technology side. So they have connections as well. Um, but honestly, I, I think that, you know, when you reach out to someone who um, is a well-known name, uh, whether that's because they founded a business model within the industry, like our founder, um, or, uh, you know, they're, they're a big economist in, in our industry, or 
Um, they just have been killing it on social media, whatever that might be. Uh, a lot of people are willing to participate because you have to present it in a reciprocal sort of way. Um, you're trying to elevate their brand as much as you're trying to do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say influencer marketing, and it's so it's very cliche to say, but it, you know it gets the point across for us. Um, when you say influencer marketing, uh, are you using them to promote? So let's say you go to them and say, hey, um, this is what we have. We would love you to put your name behind it. Or are you creating content and then it has the name value and people go listen to the content that are in the industry? Um, it's, it's a mix of both. So ideally, uh, after they've participated in the content, um, they're also sharing it, you know, to their own mm -hmm. networks. And that's really how we've been able to augment um, our reach is, is borrowing someone else's. Right mm -hmm. um, and that's just something that we've really focused on just because we're so small um, and mm -hmm. new. So uh, it, I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's, you know, it's when a combination, you, right. A combination. So when, when, you know, you interviewed them, when they participate on a panel with you, um, it, it just making sure that they have the resources and making it extremely easy for them to be able to share it to their own networks. Mm -hmm. Do you think when live events are, are back, do you think you'll do like a smaller event with like that key influencer and then chop up into content, but also have people in house for the experience? What do you think your direction will be that when that happens? So I don't know that we will necessarily host a live event ourselves, but we have participated mm -hmm. pre-pandemic, obviously, um, mm -hmm. in some live events in the past. Uh, and uh, we had had plans in 2020 um, that obviously got canceled, but we were going to, uh, you know, partner with uh, another another company and and okay. uh, and co-create some some content. Uh, mm -hmm. for uh, a discussion at one of the live events. So um, live events, I think it just depends on your industry, but for our industry it is a relatively big deal because it's still a very relationship-based industry. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. May as well capitalize on it. Sure. Um, so how have you gone about communicating this to the C-suite? Because I've seen a lot of companies struggle to get buy-in when it comes to content marketing because it takes a lot of time. You have to have patience for it and there's really no way to quantitatively measure it. And obviously it needs to <laughs> impact revenue somehow, but it's really tough to prove that. Um, so how have you gone about communicating this to the C-suite or they already bought in and said, hey, Phoebe, this is what we want to do? Um, it's... Fortunately, we are a smaller organization, so it's not as difficult. There's not as much red tape. Um, mm -hmm. And because we are a startup, we're a little bit more nimble. So I think we're willing to, you know, throw something on the wall and try it. If it fails, it fails. And we, you know, pivot and do something else that's new. Um, because of my background in, in content and in content marketing, I, I think that my boss is a little bit more willing to try things out. Um, but I have worked with clients in the past where it was definitely a lot more of a struggle. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, it's hard to tie 
specific numbers, uh, you know, specific revenue to this. But I think as long as um, you say, hey, let's give this a try for X amount of months um, and we will keep the budget small or as small as possible um, and be able to show some kind of upward momentum in terms of revenue since you know the day that you started doing the content marketing. Um, I think a lot of it also is, I hate that it is this way, but sort of a gut feeling sort of aspect where mm-hmm. your sales team here, they, they're they starting to get leads where they're saying, hey, we, we heard about you somewhere. We don't really know where, but we heard about you somewhere. Um, or, you know, I saw this post in link on LinkedIn, or I saw, you know, this article written about you in XYZ publication. Um, you, you kind of hear more and more of those things. And so, you know, at least that you are, you know, going in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. But it is difficult with some, some C-suite people who are a little bit more old school and they want to tie your content directly to lead volume. Um, and that's extremely tough. Um, I honestly don't necessarily have the answer to that. I wish I did have the answer to it. Um, I don't know if you have ever come across a more successful way to uh, convince people who are in that sort of mindset uh, to to change, but um, do you have any perspective on that? Um, well, you did bring up a good point about, uh, you know, this person commented on this, this person shared this, and it's like that gut feeling. And if you were to take those qualitative indicators, I've, I've heard other people say this to the CEO or whoever it is um, that you need to communicate this to and say, hey, look, we just got so-and-so shared this from this company. This is our ideal buyer. Uh, this company right here has commented the past, on our, threat, our past three LinkedIn posts. This is the, the CEO over here we're trying to sell to this company. Even though you can't tie it directly, that might be the visual unlock that the, the C-suite needs to be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we can't really attribute this to marketing, uh, to revenue now or ever, but at least it gives them some peace of mind to know, okay, yeah, there are people paying attention to this, even if we can't track it. And that's how I would go about it. I think you bring up a good point. And also, um, I think something else that I've done in the past is a lot of that money toward advertising or you know something that is something that's paid just showing that the number of actual qualified leads that are coming in from that, it's, it's, it's low. Um, Mm -hmm. And your sales team gets burned out from having to lead through bad leads and um, being able to, to show an alternate way uh, to use that budget and probably a lot less of that budget has been relatively successful. Mm -hmm. And traditional uh, sales-led organizations aren't going to like it because you're going to have to tell them, look, we need half the the AEs and half the um, SDRs when it comes to this because we have half the leads, but they're way better. Um, so I think it comes to really just pleading your case and saying, look, this is where we're at. Um, this is a long game, but the quality is going to be way, way better. And that's how I would go about it. I think that's, that's a good plan. And I, I do think that for some organizations, it's not uh, long game or short game. It's it's doing both. Mm-hmm. 
time. Yeah, it really is. For us, we build our brand through through our content marketing, but we also um, do a lot of outbound sales calls and that kind of thing, which someday we hope to, to get away from, but in the short term, that's what's doing it for us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to seeing the content pay off, how long did it take for you guys uh, to see, especially you, whether that's that gut feeling or ooh, we saw some inbound leads and you know it was directly impacted because of what you've been doing on the content side. How long did it take for that to start to happen? I think uh, for certain pieces of content, you would see them pop mm-hmm. pretty immediately. But in terms of a uh, regular cadence, um, it, it might have been six months. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Maybe four to six months. Uh, and of course, you can always build and grow on that. And so, I mean, for some companies, it can take up to a year. It, mm-hmm. it sometimes just depends on, you know, your industry. Um, and, and I think for us, it's a little bit harder. We're trying to educate a buyer on a new technology. People aren't really searching for our, our product. Um, and also our audience is just not, in all, they're not all in one place. They're, they're just mm-hmm. not homogenous. And so, um, for someone else, like, like the hub spots of the world, for example, who are killing it with content marketing, by the way. Um, I mean, they're targeting marketing professionals across a lot of different industries. Um, people are searching for their products on Google. Um, you know, they're working with a bigger market. They, uh, you know, they probably have a shorter sales cycle um, because their their product is relatively ready off the shelf. And so because of all of these different reasons, someone like them might be able to win in a matter of, of a couple months, uh, mm-hmm. maybe even less than that. Because of the uh, brand behind them as well. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, even for someone starting out, if you have the right product, the right market, uh, you could potentially be seeing those wins a lot sooner than someone like us who kind of has a, a more typical, a steeper slope to climb. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like you mentioned, it will start to speed up once you have the brand behind you. So if you're brand new to a space, of course, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill battle. But when you have the brand behind you, the awareness is created. The content is only going to be like fuel on that uh, that fire, in my opinion. Um, and that actually leads to my next question um, is, do you, do you see a difference between demand gen and branding or not branding, but building brand. Do you think there's a difference? I do think there's a difference. Um, I don't know that you necessarily would have one versus the other. I think you have both, right? Um, I think with brand, you're thinking a little bit more holistically. Uh, and with demand gen, that's that's a little bit more about you know getting those qualified leads into your pipeline. Um, but I do think since we've been talking about content marketing, that content marketing is a thing that really ties together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're building awareness so that you can create demand for your product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with, you know, brand building, that's, that's something that eventually goes into demand. Check. Yeah. Um, so we come to the point in the episode where, we hand the mic over to you 
and you become the podcast host uh, to close out the show. Um, so do you have any questions on your end? Um, I don't know if this is gonna be the first podcast you've ever hosted, but <laughs> you're about to get your opportunity here. Um, do you have any questions for me that I can answer, uh, in regards to you? I actually do. So, I mean, I think podcasts are something that are relatively new to the industry. Um, not relatively new, but they're, they're at least picking up a little bit more speed in terms of popularity. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that you also, you know, you also have your day job. So I'm wondering, at least from someone who had, who wants to do it all. Um, and as someone working from a, for a smaller business, how do you balance that day-to-day -day work, um, at one click with, you know, your podcast and also your, your, you know, building your own brand on, on social media. How do you balance all of that? Um, and make sure that you have enough time in the day for yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, first things first, the podcast is one of our marketing efforts for one click. So it goes into the day to day, day to day operations and I just chalk it up to brand. So it's a lot easier for me to, to get things done and make it a priority um, when it's part of our business model as it is. Now, it also is very easy to get distracted with oh, well, we need to build the podcast or we need to post on LinkedIn. And then you don't have time for the customers that you have or the LinkedIn DM that you got for, uh, hey, we need a website. I have actually legitimately fallen into that trap where I'm so caught up in generating demand and generating leads and awareness for our business that when it gets to us, I always put it on the back burner. I'm just like, oh, I need to create more. And I've, I've, I've actually fallen into that trap and I need to remind myself, what did I just work all this time for? It was to answer that DM or respond to that email or take care of that customer. Um, and thankfully we're to the point where um, website dev uh, operations are completely out of my hands. So I don't need to be building websites ever again, which is great. So my role here at OneClick in our business is, is marketing and overseeing operations. So thankfully I don't have to be in the weeds as much as I was. So it gives me time to focus on my favorite thing, which is, is marketing. And I can take the reins and just go really hard at it. So with the podcast, with posting on LinkedIn every single day um, and a breakdown for what that looks like. LinkedIn for me is 8 a.m. I post something and <laughs> 7.45, I write it, I come up with that post. Um, so it takes me 15 minutes because I've been doing it for so long. Um, so I grab a video clip that's been chopped up. I write some copy for it. I put it out or I look in my notepad on my phone and I have like a running list of ideas that I've just had pop into my head and I just expound on it and post it on LinkedIn. You know, I spend 30 minutes responding to comments in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, maybe over lunch. Um, so I get that done. And then for the podcast, I have that scheduled into my calendar. Every Thursday and Friday is when we record, do three to six a week uh, on the recording side and get it done. And that leaves the whole rest of the week um, to run the business. So hopefully that gives you some insights into maybe it doesn't take as long as you think um, and just kind of how I do it uh, on my end. Got it. So it's chunking up your time, making sure mm -hmm. you schedule things. Um, I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised that you don't schedule out your, uh, your social media posts in advance. 
Yeah, it's probably sh- something I should do. The closest I get to that is the videos are edited and ready to go. And I just pick one, listen to it, see if it vibes for the day, and then write something for it, some some long form copy, post it on LinkedIn. But honestly, at this point, I have become so familiar with just putting content out there because um, I've been doing it for a year that it comes like second nature. So I can write something in five to 15 minutes. Whereas a year ago, <laughs> I remember getting up and spending 45 minutes typing out a uh, 1200 character post. And it's just how you evolve and how you get better at things. Um, but probably should batch some of my content and maybe that's something I'll start working on a bit. <laughs> how did you decide that um, these were the channels that you wanted to, to go after? Mm-hmm. Um, so LinkedIn was really easy, uh, that just because we're selling to B2B companies. Um, it's, it's really good. Uh, it's saturated with B2B marketers, which is great. Um, so if we create content for them, they're going to be there to consume it and maybe we'll have some reach out. So that's why I, I go with LinkedIn. Um, it's also, a, if you think about it, a very immature platform because it's not matured. So there's like it's not oversaturated with content yet. Um, immature sounds such a, an odd way to put it, but it's, it's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to Instagram. Are there B2B marketers on Facebook and Instagram? For sure. But it would be like pulling teeth to try and grow a Facebook page. You have no organic reach. So LinkedIn was like the perfect storm for all of that. And that's why we decided to be on there. And it's not for every company. You just have to know where your buyers are and Hey, is this a proven concept to talk to them on this channel? Does it have organic reach? Can we grow an audience? And that's the thought process that went into that. As for the podcast, um, that was kind of a fluke. And I'll share how that started. Uh, Basically, we were selling to SMBs a while ago. And we were doing these small websites. And we were working in the small business space. And I heard one day, hey, you should start a podcast. And I did. And I was interviewing business owners. Um, and it actually turned out to be a great show. Um, but since then we have stopped working with the small business space and moved into the B2B SaaS world, um, for our builds. And of course the podcast sets the brand play needed to come with that. So that just naturally changed to creating marketing content, talking to great people like you that will help our, our listeners grow. Um, and that's how that evolved. So, that was the podcast was more of a fluke than anything. I remember telling my wife one day I was going to start when she's like, what <laughs> a podcast. It's so random, but uh, I'm glad we did because I've learned a lot along the way. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, from a marketer's point of view, I think we're always looking uh, for more education and, and podcasts are a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have time for one more question. If you have anything off the top of your mind, if not, then we're good to go. Um, I think we already covered the other question that I had. All right. That's awesome. Phoebe, appreciate you joining me here today. Uh, It's been great having you on the podcast. We covered a lot of awesome topics and uh, thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. Really appreciate it.